Hello, hello, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Ramos Law Difference Makers podcast, where me, your host, Dr. Jim Hoven, has the chance to meet with cool people doing cool things, making a difference, some of them locally, some of them nationally, and some of them even internationally, and today is no exception. Today, I have the chance to meet with someone who doesn't even know this, but one of my heroes. I am such a fan of people who have sacrificed their time, energy, talents, for the safety, the freedom, and for basically the security of others. And in this case, my guest Hunter Mosier has done that for us. And his sacrifice not only went to uh, his career in the military, but now how he's serving vets, how he's serving us, how he's taking care of people on and on and on. So uh, without further ado, Hunter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. This has been something that I was excited about when I first talked to our, our mutual friend, Randy Manning, who's the managing partner here at Ramos Law Firm. We were talking about veterans and the important place that they play in our lives as a firm, because we have this really big commitment that we're going to be, you and I have started talking about this process. We're going to start really making the veterans affairs portion of, of something we want to invest our time, talent, energy, and resources into. And so your name came up. So you and I start talking and Randy's told me a lot about you. And I just think what you're doing is beautiful. But before we dive into the program, what I want to do is I want to take a little look back. I want to find out what made you decide to go to the military, kind of your experience, your, your growing up? Just give us a little bit of the backstory of how you ended up being uh, you know, a military soldier and, and in my mind, a hero. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Um, so I ended up in 2012 uh, going to the Marine Corps. I and why did you choose the Marines, just out of curiosity? Just because of the challenge. I wanted the challenge, I wanted the discipline. Um, I wanted to better myself. You mm -hmm. know, that's, that's really what defines me on a daily basis is I, I, uh, I, I kind of look at, am I better than who I was yesterday uh, in multiple spectrums of my life? And the Marines really set that apart and really, you know, pushed and drove that from the moment I met the recruiters, as well as I have some uh, very good um, uh, gentlemen in my life that have mentored me that are in the bureau of the FBI and so forth and uh, the military as well. Uh, I come from a military family and I, they were my heroes growing up and I wanted to be like them. Uh, and so I, you weren't a slacker in high school. You weren't that kid. Were you really involved and committed and super disciplined and wanting to be the best always from a young age? Well, no, no, not from a young age. Okay. I would say um, I, I had a lot of problems with family um, when I was younger uh, my, my father went through a lot of health issues and so forth, um, at some legal issues. My mother ended up developing. She was a very successful businesswoman uh, here in the Denver area, um, and she um, ended up developing paranoid schizophrenia with delusions and uh, had some tremendous health issues, almost passed away. And actually, she, she no longer really knows her identity or her children. Oh, wow. Um, so that's something that uh, we've worked through for years and was definitely a very, uh, a developing thing in, in my life as far as my maturity goes and so forth. And so by the time I hit 17 years old, um, I, I knew that, uh, I wanted to change and I, I absolutely wanted to take my life to the next level. So I thought of the hardest thing that I could possibly do, which was the Marine Corps. And that's where I went. And so when you got in the Marine Corps, so I'll tell you a little bit of, of story. This is interesting. My best friend in for many, many years, his name was Tobias Lane Crabtree. <laughs> Perfect great, military name. name, right? <laughs> Tobias Lane Crabtree. He and I were buddies from the time we were 
young, like we were best of friends. I went into, um, after we had graduated, I had told a man, come with me to chiropractic school. Let's go to chiropractic school. And he kept saying, I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I got what it takes, but he was physically gifted, gifted. And he wasn't a big guy. He probably weighed 150 pounds at most, but he was like an ant, like super strong for yeah. his, his body weight. Yeah. So we would lift together and train together, this and that. Well, I went to chiropractic school and when I got back, um, it turns out I'm 24 years old when I graduated from Cairo school, got super fortunate, just knew what I wanted to do. And so we're hanging out. And a year after I left, when he was 25 or 26, he decides to go into the Marines for the exact same reasons. So he wanted to be a SEAL, right? So he wanted to be yeah. a SEAL and uh, his eyesight wasn't 2020. So they said, you won't get a guaranteed shot at BUDS. So he said, um, but they, so he's kind of like disappointed. He had signed up and they had said, no, I don't know if we're going to allow you to do this. Mm -hmm. So then he talked to a Marine recruiter and the Marine recruiter had a whole different attitude. He goes, look, son, if you got what it takes, if you're good enough, we don't care if you can't see it all, you can be force recon. And that's what he did. That's awesome. So he went force recon and he told me, and that's why here's where I go with all this. He trained so hard. Now, again, he wasn't your average going in guy. He was 25, 26 years old. So he was a lot older than a lot of the new recruits coming in right out of high school. Yeah. He said he got out of shape in boot camp. That's how hard he trained and his focus and dialed in. When you went to boot camp, was it what you expected? Was it different? Was it meeting that challenge and that need for you? Um, physically, I, same thing happened to me. I, I, I got out of shape when I went to boot camp, um, but mentally, absolutely not. It improved me dramatically, I would say. Um, I ended up gaining disciplines that I didn't even know were possible. Like what? Um, well, I would say time management for one as a, as a, as a young man at the time. Um, and it, to a degree that I didn't know that I could really control myself uh, to that uh, um, level, I would say. And on top of that, um, just how to lose properly, how to win, you know, how to carry yourself afterwards, how to continue fighting no matter what, um, and how to get the extra mile out of your mentality and your brain. All right, I, I got, dude, I got to stop you. Those are so good. I want to unpack them. Because a lot of people listening, they, they're like, I've never been in the military. That's why I'm so humbled and honored that you'd be a guest here because I respect it. I, I have one son in law enforcement and I have mad props, mad respect for, for that too. But people listening, they don't get it. We don't understand what you just said at the level they're saying. So I want to unpack those a little bit. When you said how to win and how to lose so that we're, as we're just regular civilians doing our thing, what could we take away from how to win and how to lose that you learned from the Marine Corps? People tend to take both very personally. You know, winning builds the ego in, in general for most people. You know, losing completely destroys people to a degree and to the point that they struggle to even recognize uh, their, their flaw or they, they blame others. And the Marine Corps really did a good job at building the mentality of, okay, I lost today's fight, but you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to come out at full fledged. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to start swinging and I'm going to keep giving it every single thing that I got every moment of the day. And that's, that's part of that mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as winning goes, teach you how to win in a, in a humble way, because you know what losing is like. Um, so I, I would say that, uh, th those are two impactful things. And what about fighting and past where your mind or you originally thought that you could go? You hear these stories of these these warriors 
that are beaten down or shot up and they just keep going like machines and going past where they think they could go. It, tell us about that. Like, how does that characteristic get inbred and how can we take that in our life goals, in our pursuits, in our family and how we parent, like g give me something that I'm going to just grab onto, you know, just like Jordan Peterson says with creating the monster, right? I would say that a good portion of that monster it comes in, in terms of percentage and mathematics. There's like a variety of things that creates that type of a human being. And one thing that I'm quite certain creates that type of a human being, or I feel like has for myself as well, is service and care for other people and truly having a love and respect for yourself. Once you start putting your brothers and your sisters and others around you in front of yourself while still giving it your all and respecting yourself wholeheartedly, there is certain things that happen to your mind where it just, it'll go to a different place. Um, it, it'll push past specific boundaries in order to fulfill and or to be there for an, another individual and or in service of yourself as well. You know, so I would say that uh, that's that's one aspect of it. You know, another aspect of it is is just strict training. You know, what are you putting into your body, your nutrition, your hydration? Uh, what kind of mentality and thoughts are you feeding yourself on a daily basis? It's, it's things like that that add up and accumulate to a percentage of success. Uh, that mixed in with, I would imagine, dozens of other variables, and it kind of depends on who you are. Right. Oh, that is so good. I got to share something with you. I was just every morning. I, I know you and I have talked about what you call your morning. I don't know if you call it your morning routine. That's what I call mine. You might call it your morning disciplines, but you're a super early riser, 3.30, getting up, making it happen. I range anywhere from, you know, because it, it, I got some sleep stuff from 3.30 to 5.30, right? And then I'll just wake up and start my process. But every day it's the same thing. It's the same th habits that I'm performing that I know you are ridiculously relentless on. And one of those things for me is just putting something in my mind that feeds my spirit, my soul, and, and my mind at the same time before I move my body. And I was listening to something just today from the head of the Shaolin Temple Europe, which is in Germany, and his name is Shi Heng Yi. And he was literally giving this beautiful talk about, and you know, he said for the, for the Shaolin monks, they're warrior monks. And he said, the key to know is you need both. You need warrior and you need monk. And so there's a time for warrior. And without warrior, you can't appreciate monk, which is very quiet very still, steeped in happiness. But you need also warrior for fast movement, for ignition, for explosion. And so to work both of those as a human being, whatever you're calling, that you have the warrior side and the monk side, I thought was beautiful. And what I just heard you talk about in that sense of, man, you gotta get hard with yourself. You gotta get disciplined. And that helps you mentally on the mind side so that you can take it. So that's that mind body connection is what I kind of got from that. Yes, no, absolutely. And connecting the mind and the body and being able to be, I would say, you know, that feeling that you get when your boss comes into the room and they say, Hey, I need you to do this right now. If you can mentally reprogram your own mind to feeling the same way when you tell yourself to do something, Oh, I've never heard that. That's beautiful. And that, that subtle amount of positive 
anxiety, right? That subtle amount of, of discipline, but motivation at the same time. And that drive to, to know that, okay, yeah, they just told me to do something. I, I'm going to be an optimistic here. This is my job. I got to get this done. We got to go, you know, and you start the process. Once you could start making, your feel, making yourself feel that way about what you tell yourself to do, you'll be indestructible. Mm, that's so good. Well, I want to now jump into your military career a little bit. You were very successful in the military, super young, getting, I mean, I know that you went head to head with other, you were a tank commander, right? Is that the right description? I was. And so in the tank commander business of the military, you can pair your skills against other tank commanders. And as such, they have a ranking of who's really great. And you ended up doing really well. Like you did really well to get offered at very young age tank commander and then ended up winning the tank commander contest or, or your tank or something, right? Walk us through that process of achievement and excellence. So again, just from, I would say, going into the military, I had this, I had a, you know, a lot of people have this frat type of idea. A lot of Marines have a frat type of idea. Just because of what I went through in my childhood and so forth, I didn't quite have that frat uh, mentality. Um, instead of drinking at, you know, 1 a.m. on Saturdays, I'd, I'd be the weirdo mopping the hallway. Um, and uh, so in, in general, it did, it, in the beginning of my career, that kind of affected, I would say, uh, you know, socially and so forth. But by, I would say, the end of the second year, um, when I end up picking up sergeant, um, which was the fastest in, in my class. I, I was the fastest promoted um, Marine in my class and handpicked uh, by a major to become a tank commander. Um, and at that point in time, my peer group had changed and I had fit right in with everybody else that was in charge. Um, and it's, it's that, I would say, second year in the Marine Corps that really changed and impacted my life. And I had come into developing into a, a leader that, uh, uh, that I didn't know I was capable of, of becoming at the time. Do you think that was because when you tell me the frat side versus the wiping the halls and mopping the halls, the first thing that came into my mind, Hunter, was you were different. You stood out. And it wasn't, it was because of your programming of from the good, the bad, and the indifferent, like you've talked about earlier, you know, your, your mind of understanding what your life is about and having to overcome and achieve and, and go for excellence. When you, would you say that those are accurate descriptions that you stood out because you were different? And because again, I think people are afraid to be different now, you know, everyone yeah. wants to be seen as the cool, whatever, right. and being yourself and being different that's okay. And would you say that that was part of you getting recognized like that? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's good to be different it, and it's good to push it as, as hard as you possibly can. And if you think something's wrong and everybody else thinks it's right, raise your hand, say something, be humiliated. It's okay. You're going to live, <laughs> push again to the next day. And, um, you know, what it came down to as well was I had good mentors. You know, I had, I had really good people that cared around me that, um, in, in my opinion, you know, they get the credit. Uh, I, I am a, I'm a Christian man as well. You know, the Lord gets the credit. My mentors get the credit. They get the credit. I'm the tool, you know, and you, you, you put yourself in that type of mentality. It'll, it'll go far. That is beautiful. So now you get recognized. You're a tank commander. You're doing great things. 
And then because of something, and I, I haven't figured this out yet because I just know the timeline. I don't know the context and I can't wait to hear it. You were put in charge of watching veterans who were struggling mentally, emotionally, or both. And I think you called it like on a suicide watch or something along that line. Right. How did that happen? Why you? And what did you get from that? Well, I, I got, uh, there were multiple, quite a few actually, um, throughout just my enlistment that were suicidal. In the Marine Corps, unfortunately, that's it's pretty common. Why is that? Um, it's, it's hard, it's very difficult. And, uh, you know, there's a, I, I'm, I'm no clinical psychologist, but if I had to guess, you know, um, it's just, uh, there are, there are certain things that, that, that people do and warriors do that they're not proud of. And even the things that they are proud of, they're difficult to handle sometimes. Mm. Is there, is there a good, and this is not to go too far down that rabbit hole, but I think it sets up where we want to go. It, my son's in law enforcement, one of my kids is, and he's seen some, see, he's seen some stuff, you yeah. know, and you guys have very similar um, mannerisms, behaviors, and I see in him every day he goes out and he sees what's wrong with the world. And, you know, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you pull a cat out of a tree, but most of the time it ain't about that, right? <laughs> right it, it's right. other stuff. And similar to what you found and where things are at, um, I know in his case, and in a lot of law enforcement, there's a challenge with people wanting to share that vulnerable side that something's wrong, that they're not all right, um, because A, they're, they're supposed to be our toughest and our bravest, number one, but number two, they're worried that if they share it with someone official within the ranks, that somehow they're gonna be punished. Either they won't be able to, to do what they're called to do, or it's gonna affect their ability to be promoted at, because they're gonna be seen as soft. Is that real in, at this time in the military? Is there support that would help these people that need emotional and physical and mental support? There's, there's a lot of avenues of support that veterans can go down. But I would say the, the top support system that a veteran needs is just contact. They need someone to care. They, want, they need their family, they need some friends, and they need a social construct. They need a social system to lean on and to be a part of. You know, when, when, when veterans are getting out of the military, they have all these different psychological aspects and, and thoughts that come through their mind of not being a part of something bigger than they, than they were and not being able to make an impact and a difference and not having the, the, um, the social group around them anymore. And what I've noticed is the majority of veterans that find that do fine. Hmm. You know, the, the, the ones that do not, they don't do so hot. Do you think there, there's an active great system like what you're talking about? Like, can family be the great support system while they're while they're actually in service or is that something where now you need a different thing? So if I, if I'm with you, we're, we're brothers on the, on the field and I'm really hurting you were, and I want to hear more about this, like what your role was in, in helping watching those who might have suicidal ideations or otherwise. Um, is, is there a place where I can feel without feeling dejected or weak where I can go talk to someone that's official or do you guys have to all deal with that amongst yourselves it's, while you're enlisted? It, it, it's, you know, a lot of veterans do not like to bring that, those types of things up except mm -hmm. for to other veterans. Mm -hmm. Some 
a, a small percentage are comfortable with it. I see. Because they, they're, they've developed a little bit along the way mm-hmm. and, and started to, to come to terms with what they had done or had seen and so forth. But in general, vets want to talk to other vets. Yeah. They want to, they want to talk to somebody that can, can know. That's been you there. Know, that's been there. That mm-hmm. has the experience. Where's the T-shirt? And, uh, and so it's important that, that you reach out to them because nine times out of 10, it's just, it, it's the military, all right? They will absolutely program you. We're, we're all programmed to thinking, oh, don't go to medical. Oh, that, you don't, you don't want to, you know, I'm not going to say what they would call you if you went to medical, <laughs> okay? But uh, you don't want to be known as the guy that goes to medical. You don't yeah. want to be known as the guy that has the problem, has the weakness, has the deficiency in their life. And uh, they, they, from day one, that's, that's what you're programmed to think. Mm. And so all of a sudden when you're vulnerable and you get out and you realize you have a thousand problems and you don't want to talk to anybody about it, you know, so what you got to do is on an individual basis, you got to reach out to that individual and you got to help them. Mm-hmm. You got to draw it out of them. Yeah. How did you help them in the course? So when you're, so, when you're in that position. Um, yeah, my, my major at the time had seen a lot of the different uh, mentoring that I was doing with my platoon and had literally told me that, all right, uh, Sergeant Mosier, you're no longer going to have your sergeant's room. I'd like you to do me a favor. And uh, these handful of suicidal Marines, I'd like you to live with them until uh, their exiting date out of the Marine Corps. And that came along with um, very standard things that you would see with uh, men suffering from PTSD, you know, night terrors, uh, screaming, seizures, uh, a variety of different um, problems physically, and uh, a a lack of motivation in general. And the one thing that I would say that set us apart, um, not set us apart, but I would say helped us see eye to eye um, was just generally caring you know, spending time with these individuals, something simple, waking Mm -hmm. up on a Sunday morning, throw on an episode of Seinfeld and, you know, share a cup of coffee. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's things like that. And actually asking them questions, take them to the gym, give them a call, you know, ask them if they're all right, Mm -hmm. go on a hike, go on a bike ride, set something up, do a meal, set up a little nutrition plan for them. It doesn't have to be much, yeah. you know, but the moment that you start caring about an individual, they, they find the strength in many different aspects of life to continue on a and B, all you got to do from that point, get them a real certified psychologist, try to have them open up a little bit, boom, they could start to fix themselves, you know, wow. a little bit more. That's amazing. And, and so, Here's a question for you. I know there's a, a the in a ratio, <clears throat> there's far more men than women in the military in general, right? Like I would imagine the percentage is probably, I don't know, 80, 20, or maybe not that that high. I'm not a hundred percent sure with other branches. My unit was a little weird because uh, women, there were no women in my, my unit at the time. Mm-hmm. But now my last year when I was in, there was a few that ended up coming in. Um, and it's just the policies had changed at that time. Okay. Cause, and yeah. the reason I was going to ask is, was, did you notice any different either types of issues or propensity for men versus women to have, have the mental challenges? Cause sometimes women are so tough, right? Like they, yeah. they have to bear children. They, they can right. really grind it. 
And so was there different things? And I lead into your new genre, and I know you're doing so many things, but you're, with respect to your helping veterans now, guys coming out that have, they just don't have the tools because like you say, they've come from something completely structured, rigid. This is how we do it in the biosphere here to now you're in a world where you don't have that kind of setup. Have you worked with or found with, there's a difference between the sexes in that regard or is your work all with, with men? You know, my, my work has all been with men in, in the military mm. setting, uh, but civilian setting with, with counseling and so forth, I have, I have worked with some women before. Mm -hmm. And what I would say is, is, as far as my experience with female veterans, um, just from talking to them and so forth, they're, they, they deal with the same issues. Mm -hmm. They process it the same way. And, uh, you know, just the experience and so, uh, and so on may just be a little different in how you have to Got handle it. it. So you get out and you start doing some work in an engineering firm. And I don't know if you went straight from that. You know, I don't know that part of the story from getting out to where you're at now. But now you're successfully working in this engineering firm doing your thing. But you still have this love for vets. And you want to give them the advantage that you had somehow developed along the way through all of your, I mean, I think our trials make us better. I've heard you say, kind of allude to that, the, the challenges that you had with your folks' health issues, the challenges that you had going into the military being a little bit different. You end up succeeding and now you move on. What, what, what called to your heart to say, I want to keep this process going with, with veterans to help them adjust and adapt, overcome, succeed and thrive? You know, when you said call to your heart, it really was a calling, you know, and I got out of the military and I started working for MTC, an engineering company in Lone Tree within the first month. Uh, my, my first year, I worked so many dang hours at $25 an hour. I made six figures. If, if you put that together, that's a lot, that's of, a lot hours. of hours. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know, there was something missing. There was a piece of service uh, missing. I, I, it's almost like I just, I wanted to feel more fulfillment. I could do more. And I saw a lot of my friends that were just struggling, not doing well. And I noticed I need to be doing something about this. What am I good at? What can I share with the world or share with my friends just to start off with, start out with that can impact them and or that can make a difference? And that's really where it started was just simple phone calls, um, just general caring about an individual, checking up with them. Hey man, we haven't talked in a little while, what's going on? And were these your friends or how did you start getting the contact information for these gentlemen? Um, friends, acquaintances, friends of friends. And I, all the time I have buddies hit me up, hey, this guy's not doing too hot. He just got out of the army. Uh, can you give him a phone call sometime? And I'll call him up and be like, hey, how's it going? You know, what can I do for you? Why don't we meet sometime? And take them through my process of, of just coaching them and trying to get their, their life on the right track. Did you build that process? And I want to dive into the process here um, now in this next section. So you now have a program and it basically you're volunteering your time. You're taking care of these guys. You're, you come up with this process and this structure. Did this 
was it inspired to you where you scribbled it all out or was it something that you just started by talking to people and then you're like, hmm, I wonder about this. And then you created the next piece and the next piece. Cause I mean, I'm looking at it and it's, it's pretty darn robust. And I know this is just the skeleton, the matrix or the framework, the right. tools around this right. are a lot more uh, robust. So how did, how did this thing form? Tell us what it is and then how it formed in your mind. where did it start? Well, it's a, it's a life coaching program that is a 360 degree around somebody's life. You know, we cover, or I, I'll cover your relationships with people, where you wanna be with your relationships with people, where you are with your body, what kind of development you'd wanna have with your health and your body and your nutrition, your sleep quality, to your mentality, to your professional life and your family life, of course, your spirituality, if, if they want to talk about that or not, uh, to every single little detail of what their daily habits are, I talk to them for a couple hours about it. Hmm. And I try to get out the, the small little details of, okay, you, you got too much screen time, which is a big one right? You're, you're literally mindlessly scrolling for two to four hours every single day, Wow, which is a lot of people actually, or, you know, something's getting in the way too much tobacco product, too much alcohol. You're not taking the steps that you need to get a new job, or you're not spending enough time with your family because you're working so hard over here, but you have the wrong job anyway. And how to identify that, how to get the courage to stop what you're doing and jump into a new occupation and, or, you know, what are you doing with your benefits and so forth? How do you get taken from step A to uh, step uh, all the way to Z mm. and utilize and maximize your finances and all of your benefits simultaneously while working full-time, while going to school, while having a successful family, while building yourself mentally and physically. These are all possible things and outcomes yeah. that somebody can have. What a great point when you mentioned the benefits. So someone donates their lives to this country and they're going through their process. They're entitled to different kinds of benefits. And are you saying that a lot of, of uh, veterans either don't realize that they have them or they're just so caught up in the whirlwind of living a normal life that they forget or time just passes? Can you give us some examples of some of the, the uh, in case veterans are listening to this, and I yeah. hope they are, right. or by the way, if you're listening to this and you know a vet, please share this with them, get this in their hands, because this is so much gold here. Um, what would be some of the benefits that uh, a veteran coming out would would not necessarily know that they even have. Well, for, for there's three large ones, right, that I recommend utilizing in, in unison immediately. And especially if you're hurting for finances, which is the majority of veterans that are actually getting out. And that is the post 9-11 GI Bill, you know, going to school, right? And the process for that, a lot of vets don't utilize it because they don't know how right and which is crazy to say because literally the information is just right up there on google right but it's almost like they need somebody to take them through the process because yes they get caught up in every single day life or they're they're not confident that they have what it takes to to go through school and i, I gotta tell you i had some uh I, I had some reserves myself uh before i went to school but then my first year i hit a 4.0 gpa wow you know and I'll tell you what, when you're doing that, you're making $1,600 to $2,200 a month, and all you have to do is do three classes and or 12 credits, 
an hour, uh, uh, credit hours, and you utilize that with a VA home loan, right? For under $10,000, you could close on your home, no down payment, and you get into something in between three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars right out your basement make an extra thousand dollars a month your mortgage is at six sixteen hundred now you're living for six hundred dollars and you own a three to four hundred thousand dollar property so good okay and uh, now now with uh with disability most vets do not claim disability or a lot of them don't because just strictly the fact they don't know how to do it in every single city in america there are institutions the american legion being one of them that will literally have representatives that can walk them through the process for free okay that can that can do that now as far as if you want to get things fine-tuned and your rate maximized there's other institutions that are probably you know a, a little more detailed and so forth that you can that you can go to um but as far as getting coached in these areas and doing it right, there are processes and paperwork that you can fill out to prep yourself to maximize all of these different benefits that you have. Let's say you do that, right? Let's say that you're at a 50% disability rating and you go to school full time and you, you get your home loan. Well, and at that point in time, you can work full time as well. It's not as difficult as everybody thinks it is. You're making a hundred K a year or more period, wow. period done. That's, you know, unbelievable. I bet. And the confidence with which you say that gives me so much confidence that the people that don't know about this, all they have to do is learn and it's there for them. And that's, I know that's what you're there for. If, do you know, and maybe this is beyond the scope, if someone is struggling, so you have this program and you said, hey, you know, if we can get these people the basics and the fundamental habits of success and get them to doing their part, get to work, and then team them up with a, with a professionally trained psychologist to help them start talking about it and building themselves up from the inside and from the brain, the gray and white matter side, right, right. Um, things go well. Is there, a, is there resources for veterans that, that are inherent in the, the benefit packages that they have so that they can find that? Or is that something that yes. they're a little weird about? Yes, absolutely there is. Now, the, the VA, in my opinion, they need to do a little bit of a better job at making access to these things a little better, maybe some online accounts and, and direct representatives that they could talk to uh, that they don't have to wait in line for. There seems to be a lot of waiting, and there also seems to be um, a lot of, a lot of not calling you back, right? Mm. When you reach out for things like that, there are programs for it, but they're busy as heck. And there's never enough hands on deck to, in order to, in order to help and to get you the help you need immediately. And so it's kind of like a fight for it. You know, yes. you've got to get yourself in the door. Um, and so that's why it's so incredibly important to, to have a support system other than that until you can grab something. Yes. Yeah. And so do you help in your program? Do you help the veterans find that support system? So obviously you're a pillar of it, right. but you know, there's only so much of you to go around, especially with the other things you've got going on in your life, your Absolutely. family, do you encourage them or give them the structure to say, this yep. is who you look for? Cause you don't want everyone in your support system. Cause mm -hmm. some may support you the wrong way or in right. the wrong things, right? How do you go about that? I have a list of recommendations depending on what their problems are. So if, if it's outside of my scope of what I'm able to provide, right? So let's say you want to be a professional 
uh, tennis player, right? And at the same time, you need serious psychological help. Well, through the VA, I'll even reach out or I'll go down there myself and I'll just start talk. I'll, I'll start talking to people, you know, and I've done that a couple times actually. Um, and or research online exactly who the, those representatives are in those institutions and just keep digging and digging until you find an individual that could actually take take them on and has the space to do that. Same thing with the, the tennis uh, metaphor. If, if I don't have the ability to, to make you a pro in tennis and I'm coaching you, I'm gonna find somebody that can do that and just lead them down that path, get them, get them some options. Beautiful. Tell me this, when the person, when the veteran comes out of the, out of the military and their service is concluded, that's one thing. What about the veteran who's been out for years or decades? Do you find, mm. are they any more challenging for you to work with because their yeah. habits have been so ingrained for so long that have gotten them to where they're really, really struggling? Or do they, do they blossom like, a, like water on a flower? How do those guys work comparatively? So it depends a little bit, but generally when it comes to other generations of warriors, there are dramatic differences of how the culture, American culture has treated them and dramatic differences of the amount of benefits and paperwork that they have available to them. As far as Vietnam veterans go, as a, as a, a example, it is very difficult to show all the different documentation that they need in order to claim all of their VA disability rating and so forth. Uh, and and that, that is very common. You know, we see a lot of homeless veterans and so forth all over the place because of that exact reason. There was very little paperwork that came out of came out of it and it's very difficult to prove what the heck actually happened and no. so for an individual like that the the best thing that i could possibly recommend is don't give up keep digging keep fighting and keep trying to open up opportunity and hopefully one day the va starts recognizing um, MOS, I would say things that happened in a generalized MOS instead of documented, you know, problem from agent, agent orange and so forth. Just knowing that if you were in this MOS and you went to NAM, you were most likely exposed to agent orange, therefore can receive this amount of disability rating. Right. Instead of having to look at it and be like, okay, well you have no paperwork and you were probably exposed, but Hey, it's not here. So it's not official. Get, didn't happen. Get lost. Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's hopefully something that can happen one day. Do you work with, so let's say a veteran has a family <clears throat> includes a spouse and kids, obviously depending on how that individual's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual framework, how strong it is and what it's built around, that will have an impact on their family one way or another. So yep. when that person that you're working with one-on-one or in a group setting or however you go about your business, um, do you offer any advice or uh, guidance for support for those around that man? Yes, yes. And as far as marriage, marriage counseling is a big one right? List of marriage counselors uh, in my area that, that I have that I've recommended as well as uh, VA. If, if you could get in, that's great. If you have, mainly if you have a disability rating, uh, they will accept that. Um, now, other than that, as far as the support system goes, you want to use 
anybody and everybody you have for whatever they need. Every single situation is going to be a little different. And that's why evaluating all their habits and what exactly they've been through uh, needs to be really filed down and looked at. Okay. You know? And what about bringing these folks together? Is that something that you do where you say, hey, there's a group of us. Now we have a support group of people all working on ourselves, similar to a corporate mastermind or a CrossFit you know, tribe or community, how they, they suffer together, right? Mm -hmm. The mastermind on the business side, we're going to be vulnerable. We're going to share our deepest troubles. We're going to, whether it's personal or in business, because they're right. both related. So we're going to lay it on the table. CrossFit guys and gals, man, they go through that wad together and they pound it out and they're, you know, they're sweating tears all over the floor, but they're doing it together. Is there a benefit, or maybe that's not something you thought of, I don't know, about bringing these folks together not to commiserate, but to drive hope and mo gain momentum from each other? That's absolutely something I've always wanted to do. You know, I, I thought about doing that with, so there's, there's 58 uh, 14ers in Colorado. You know, and I, for those of listening that are not from here, that's 14,000 foot peaks that you can climb, 58 of them. Right, right. And I've, I've always wanted to, you know, set something up for all my friends and family and community and so forth to start doing something like that. Uh, I, I think that that'd be fantastic to do. Um, as far as some of the guys that are out of state and so forth, because I coach a lot of guys that are all over the country, uh, it, it's, it's, it'll be more difficult, but I'm sure there's a variety of things that we could think of. Do you work with groups like... Um Oh, what's it called? Uh, there's a, a trout fishing group um, that is for veterans. I think it's called Wounded Warriors. Wounded Warriors. And do you work with any of those groups you affiliate know, to get them into outdoor activities and such? I haven't, uh, but my father-in-law has, and a lot of people I know actually have. Um, and uh, as things, as I start to get more and more people to coach, I'll absolutely start looking into that type of thing. Uh, but as of right now, uh, no, I haven't. Well, I'll tell you, for me, I don't know um, what the rest of the audience thinks. I'm sure that they've been absolutely drawn in like I have. Um, this has been fantastic. And for me, you know, I, I want to tell you, Hunter, that we've talked a lot about this and, and you and I have briefly touched on, but we've internally talked a lot about veterans are super important to us as the leadership of this law firm. And we are going to make a concerted effort to do that. And I think that with some of your ideas and your concepts and your dreams and what we have in the way of structure, infrastructure and resources, we're going to be able to make some of these connections that you've been wanting to do, right? But you're, you're a guy that has a family that has a full-time job that's doing this all out of love and out of heart. I think together we can scale this thing to, to touch far more people and really help you hit your dreams. And, and so um, I cannot thank you enough for, for your time today and for, all the wisdom that you've shared, but I do want to ask you one more question. Yeah, yeah, what's that? Is there one piece of advice that either you were given or that you've learned along the way that you would say would be a key pillar that you've not already shared, or maybe it is something that you've already shared, that you would say, man, this drives um, who I am, this, this drives who I am. Anything come to mind like that for you? You know, when it comes to driving who I am, and other people driving who they are and what really makes people tick and, and do what they do. I would say that there's, there really is a thousand whys. It, it's not usually just one reason. And you need to wake up in the morning and get after it. 
just go roll out of bed into the push-up position get <laughs> get to the shower as soon as possible get out that door and just make it happen and when the fatigue sets in and when you are stressed out and you're depressed and anxiety written and you didn't eat very much that day or something went wrong right that's when you know when you pick up the pieces and your strength and you still make it out that door and you still go for it and you start swinging that's how you know man that you're ready to you're you're ready to, to to hit it and i would say that to everybody listening right now just whatever you are neglecting in your life whether it's that phone call that you need to make whether it's that workout program i know it's the first of the year coming up in the resolution no but seriously make a <laughs> commitment whether it's your, your nutrition your job make that jump throw yourself metaphorically throw yourself at off the cliff at the highest point at the tallest peak where the rocks are most jagged at the bottom dive off just go for it wow that's powerful i got fired up i'm ready to go i know that you're ready to go so i'll tell you what if there's anything that you need as we move forward you please know that you have a resources in us and i look forward to what we're going to build together so uh, Hunter, continued success to you. Thank you for sharing your time. Thank you so much for your service, for being there for me, my family, everyone in this country. I can't thank you enough. No, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on.